Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two ladies on an adventure. Listen along every 10 days or so as we cook a dish we like, quest about cannabis education, or chat with someone we respect. You can find more information about this episode at highgluttony.com. Thanks for joining us, Gluttoneers. Off we go. Let's get to it. Okay. I'm ready. I'm excited. I am using an indica pen today called Strawberry Dream. It does taste like strawberry. It's so good. I love it. And I've been sipping on some gin and clementine San Pellegrino. And I also just took some CBD tincture. So I'm feeling pretty relaxed. Definitely more relaxed than I was at our last recording. And I know today I have to stay calm for what we're making because the last few attempts we've had at this, it has not come out that great for me. So I'm staying relaxed, staying focused, and it's going to be awesome. I know it. Yeah, you got you got to make sure that the, the ingredients don't turn on you, you know. <laughs> Always my problem, the ingredients fault, not anything I've done. No, no, no. I was going to mention something to you that I was like, I don't know if we've talked about this before. Did, did you know that like all measuring equipment is slightly different? So like if you have a set of measuring spoons that you like, like if you go someplace and like try to make your same thing someplace else, it, it, it probably will taste a little different because if you're using different measuring utensils than you normally use, it can affect like affect things. So there are things in cooking that like you can't even control because or you wouldn't think about making such a big effect. The actual measuring spoons that you're using being consistent. I, I just thought I just was thinking about that today when I was measuring my flour. It's like, this is my favorite measuring cup. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I wonder if Becca and I have ever talked about the fact that some measure, it's like measuring, not, not all measuring cups are created equal. That's so interesting to me. It makes me think of shoe sizes, first of all. And it makes me think of ring sizes, which everything is supposed to be so consistent and it never is. I just want things to be consistent, but that's okay. Probably never going to get that. Now I know why it makes sense on like Great British Baking when something will be not significantly different from how they practiced it, but enough different from how they practice it. And there's an explanation of weather and a couple of other things, but really like, what is it? And now I know it's probably something like this. It's just not something that a lot of people consider like that their measuring spoons would be different. Like you're like, no, they're a table, tablespoon. It's all hundred percent consistent. No, like even the fact that I have like three different types of measuring cups and measuring spoons, they're all different. Like, and they'll all have slightly different sizes. It yeah. may not always be your fault. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Exactly. I didn't you're use welcome. the same size measuring cups. Is that what you prefer to weigh most of the time? That is why weighing is a, a slightly better method because it's consistent. You know, gravity is consistent so far. <laughs> <laughs> I know there are exceptions to that too, but <laughs> I think it's usually on other planets, not this one. <laughs> We're just going to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> you can trust that for now. <laughs> yeah. I saw you lift a drink though that looked really t- tasty. What is that? So this is a mixture of some of my homemade peach, peach cello and a little bit of triple sec passion fruit puree ice cubes that I shook up and then added peach waterloo to. So I'm calling it a uh, peach passion fit. What kind of ice cubes? Could you say that again? 
well, regular ice cubes, but I also put some frozen passion fruit pulp into it. Passion fruit pulp. Okay. It looks and so good. I love the color. It's yeah. like, looks really refreshing. It is. It is. I was mostly trying to make more room for more Waterloo in there because when I topped it off, I couldn't fit very much in there because I put a lot of booze in it. So <laughs> apparently I'm trying to get drunk today so I can have another headache when I wake up tomorrow. <laughs> Yay, round two. But then I'm also going to have some jelly bean because I smoked that earlier and I kept <laughs> having to stop my prep to do to have a dance party. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that's a good energy for bringing to this because our last recording was kind of grumpy. So I was like, <laughs> we need to go to the complete polar opposite end of the world for this. <laughs> Impromptu Gretchen dance parties. It, is your jelly bean still tasting or smelling like passion fruit? Is that why you did the, was that intentional? No, it wasn't intentional. And yes, it, it sort of depends on the batch also thinking about all the little little containers of weed that I have around my house and so right now I'm trying to like smoke through all those little containers that I have like distributed around <laughs> so this is an effort to empty one of them is what I'm doing <laughs> just right one here. we're recording this in late August but it is going to come out right around the anniversary of our first release which was do you remember Gretchen September 20th. Well, what was the name of that? Oh! <laughs> sorry, I didn't realize what question I was trying to answer. Uh, no, that was our uh, grand, uh, caramelized sugar episode. I forget the exact title, but... Yeah, we're getting toasted and so is the sugar. Oh, we're getting toasted and so is the sugar. It'll be a full year then when you're listening to this, which is exciting. I can't believe we've done it. I'm super proud of us. And we decided that we wanted to do something a little bit challenging and fun. So we are going to get pretty baked today and roll out some dough. Pretty baked? Okay. Well, I guess I better work on that. Hold on a second. Gotta be relaxed. Dance party relaxed, apparently, is where, I, where <laughs> I'm going. Dance party relaxed. So what are we making today, Gretchen, while we're dance party relaxed? Zucchini ricotta ravioli. That's how it's written on my whiteboards. <laughs> we're going to take it nice and slow today. We're going to also be doing a really simple red sauce. And I've always struggled with making pasta every time we've done it. So I have faith today. It's going to be great. I do love this sauce. I've used it for a couple of years because it's so simple. And one of my favorite things about it is that that I don't really like the texture of onions. And so with this one, you get the flavor of onions, but you don't have that bite. You can use canned tomatoes, which I'm using couldn't be easier in my opinion. I always get anxious when I share this recipe with people and kind of I'm like, heads up, it's a lot of butter. But most people are like, yeah, great. Thank you. <laughs> so duh. I think one of our high gluttony rules is going to have to be butter is its own food group. Yes. Salt, butter, other things. Other things. <laughs> <laughs> There's three. There's, There's three. three food groups. So we're going to start with our sauce, which is a lovely basic tomato sauce with an absolutely crazy amount of butter in it that I am deeply, deeply in love with this sauce already. I haven't even tasted it. And I was already like, yes, sold. I'm on it. <laughs> Got it. Butter done. Butter done. I mean, tomatoes, butter, onion, salt. I maybe was on the recipe even. Very good. Very easy. Very plain. Very simple. Had rave reviews on the internet. So, and from Becca. Becca was the main <laughs> bringer of the recipe for this. 
I've gone on for way too long about the sauce. So let's talk about how we're going to make some pasta. Hopefully that'll go according to plan. Then we are going to make our filling, which is a zucchini and ricotta filling with or without nutmeg, depending on if I can find mine. (laughs) Becca found hers today. So that's good. (laughs) Oh, and there's also Parmesan cheese. And because I'm extra, I, I bought Pecorino Romano. So I'm going to put a little Parmesan and Pecorino Romano in my filling. Mm, that sounds good. And I'm also going to add onto the sauce, even though I know I should try it in its purest form first, but I have so many cheese rinds. So I'm going to throw some uh, cheese rinds into my sauce. For the sauce, we're using a recipe from Marcella Hazan. And she was born in 1924. She passed away in 2013. She became a chef in America. I'll give you a little bit of background, but basically one of the quotes that I saw was from a profile done by her back in 2010. And this quote said, when Marcella Hazan came to America, Parmesan cheese came in cans and we'd never even met balsamic vinegar. Marcella is also known for bringing roast chicken with lemon to American cooks. And for a long time, it was called the engagement chicken. And I thought you'd appreciate the balsamic vinegar piece of that. We could let me go on about (laughs) the balsamic vinegar. You love balsamic. A life-changing smell for me (laughs) when I was in Parma the first time and I went to the balsamic place. Thank you, Marcella. (laughs) Thank you. Marcella? I think Marcella. I'm pretty sure. I looked it up a couple of places. Of course, I saw it as Marcella and Marcella. I'm almost positive she said herself Marcella, but you know, I'm, I could be wrong. One of the things she really did though, was to bring the idea of Italian cooking as something simple and healthy. And so it was something that was not sort of just pizzas and pastas that you would typically think of. It was these like roast chicken were kind of unexpected to what people thought of as, as Italian food at the time. And so she was actually a trained biologist and a teacher in Italy. And then she met her husband and they moved to America, which is where he was from. He was born in Italy, but grew up in America. And he was like obsessed with food. And so he would be talking about food all the time. He'd finish a meal and be talking about what his next meal was going to be. And so she was kind of like, I guess I got to figure out how to like cook because this is all he wants to talk about. (laughs) And so she took a Chinese cooking class. I think she tried to practice on a bunch of old Italian recipes first. And then she took a Chinese cooking class in America. And Hmm. the teacher had to leave suddenly before the term ended. And the other students in her class asked her to teach them how to make Italian food. And she was like, no, they're nuts. Why would I do that? And her husband was like, why not? Like, you (laughs) want to learn and you're not doing anything else right now. So why not? What a nice supportive husband she had. (laughs) We, Based on just this little bit I know about him, he seems like an okay dude. They partnered on everything for the rest of their lives together. They were really a nice duo. I want to do more research. I haven't done more than what I'm sharing right now, but it would be kind of cool to learn a little more about her and her life. So do you have any idea when she started to become like popular? Like, has she only become popular after her death? Is that like the sad truth of it? It's kind of interesting because from that cooking class, she actually got profiled right away in the New York Times. No shit. 
Yeah. And then (laughs) from that, she got asked to write a cookbook. And she was like, no, why would I write a cookbook? And they were like, no, you should definitely write a cookbook. And she had moved to America, I think, in 1955. So it wasn't too much later than that. And then she wrote this book. And I think it was pretty popular for a a while. And then I think like most things, it faded. And then the her this tomato sauce was published in the New York Times again as like everybody should have this under their belt sauce Mm -hmm. and then it sort of resurfaced and that's when it caught my eye so I think now it's a lot more popular but I don't really know the extent of how popular she was back in the 50s and 60s but she is credited with a lot of sort of now classic what we think of as classic Italian dishes here in America I feel so ashamed of myself for not knowing anything about her. Like for as much as I love Italian food, you'd, I mean, and maybe I've just come across some of her stuff and not, it hasn't really registered her influence, what her influence was. So apologies, I'll make up for it. <laughs> I'm sure I'm yeah. going to go buy her cookbook right now. I think so. I won't be surprised when we start just swapping Kenji recipes or alternating Kenji recipes and Marcella recipes now. This will just be like a fan club recipe podcast now. Gretchen's, what chef is Gretchen obsessed with now? Recipe podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Look out, people. You have no idea what you're getting into. (laughs) So we're excited. You can tell. We're both jazzed about the sauce. And then for the pasta and the filling, we're going to keep it in the family and we're going to use a recipe from Marcella's son, whose name is, one second, (laughs) Giuliano. How much do I love that fucking name though? I'm like, that's like one of the best Italian names I've never heard before. (laughs) Giuliano Hazan. That's awesome. But like Gretchen said, we're making a few modifications. We're using zucchini instead of spinach. It was actually Swiss chard originally, and we changed it Ah. to spinach. And then I was like, (laughs) oh, I have so much zucchini. Do you think we could change it to zucchini? Because it's all veggie cooking and pretty, pretty much the same. Becca was down. It's summer. I have a huge vegetable, white vegetable that I thought was a massive zucchini. And turns out it's a massive cucumber. But luckily, I did have another zucchini. So we are all set. So close. I don't think you fully emphasize the fact that actually you didn't even mention it, but I'm going to mention it because I'm almost 40 and I'm just going to talk about dicks right now. Excuse me. (laughs) Becca holds this thing up in front of the fucking camera so that I can see it. Doesn't warn me because it is quite pale. So not even the green, like it's just this big, long, light colored penis that she's holding up in front of the camera because she's cut off one end (laughs) before she realized it was a cucumber. And that's when she realized, but she just holds up the most dick looking vegetable that I've ever seen. (laughs) My cucumber. (laughs) I might have killed Deco with laughing today. (sighs) (laughs) What world level is this, though, first? And 
what are we going to have to use today to accomplish this ravioli filled pasta with very simple, amazing sauce? <laughs> Shortened version. All right. First question, world level. This is world level three. What we're doing is we're introducing a filling to our pasta dough. <laughs> and since you have not had tremendous success with pasta dough before now, also I'm hoping I'm increasing the level of difficulty because I, I selfishly was like, pasta is not hard. And I fail to account for things like other people being other people. Not everybody having Gretchen's skill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're saying three. Okay. Maybe that might change by the end. I think filled pastas are a little bit funny. You have to be very, very mindful of your moisture level. Otherwise, <laughs> you're going to do is saturate your dough and they'll probably rip a, or rip a hole in your dough. Like so many things can go wrong. <laughs> so many things can go wrong. When you introduce filling is my point. Is this clear? So we could say four and it could be our only four then. That it'll be our first four. Yeah. Because I can just remember so many times when I've done various pastas and it's gone horrible. So I think we should maybe say pastas of four, <laughs> especially with filling and the length of time it takes to, to make it. You've got draining time for your zucchini that has to be built in. Well, really any veg you would do, you would want to set in some draining time just to let some of the moisture out. Cause even if we were doing like mushrooms, we'd probably want to press out the water less, the less water and the more fatty, the better. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So that's why to Becca's dismay, there are egg yolks. In this recipe. <laughs> right. I guess yep. I should be more specific when I say I like that. I know. I'm sorry about the eggs, but they do help keep it together. And we're not using that many. It's really just supposed to help hold things, not be a, necessarily a flavor. We could make those that sort of ravioli, but I don't think you'd be a fan. So probably not going to happen. Probably not. Equipment. Equipment. We are requiring a pasta machine, a couple different pans because we're also making a sauce. Never put a pasta machine in water. It will die. Don't, don't, dunk, don't dunk your pasta machines in water. Not a good idea. There are too many parts that can rust in there. Just brushing it off, really fun. Really a good way to clean it. You can pretend you're an archaeologist. <laughs> it is fun. Don't pasta machine, out. couple pans. We're going to have to boil the pasta. So we'll need a big, pot. a big pot. And then the filling, we do have to cook a little bit of the veggies, right? So mm, saute pan for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And a sieve and a bowl. Because really you should be sieving into a bowl unless you're just, you know, going to make a mess in your kitchen. Because I've gotten <laughs> this much liquid out of my zucchini so far. And you're saving the liquid? I'm probably going to drink it. It's very nice. healthy. It'll be kind of like a light zucchini soup. <laughs> like a, a gazpacho. It, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a zucchini gazpacho. <laughs> I was like, I can't throw it away, but I can't use it for anything in this meal. So <laughs> might as well drink it. It's very healthy. Now, I, so part of another thing that I'm doing differently from the traditional recipe is uh, to save myself a little bit of pain. And since I was grating my boodles of zucchini and the food processor, I also grated my onion and I've just mixed them together and I'm going to saute both of them at the same time to save myself a step. Hi, gluttony hacks. <laughs> shred it all. Shred it all together, baby. <laughs> Did you shred your cheese too? Fuck, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I should have, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> what I should have done is done my cheese first, very first thing, 
then done the zucchini and then done the onion because I could have had some cheese flavor baked right in. And then I wouldn't have to clean out the cheese. It would just come out because the veggies have liquid and they do a good job of making things clean. Now that I'm done talking about veggie water. You hear us mentioning, you know, grated things and shredded things. And maybe we should talk a little bit about what we've already done. And then we can jump into (laughs) some of the ingredients for each and what we'll be doing next. You mean stop wandering around and making jokes? Sure. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) What was the question again? What we've already (laughs) prepped. Oh, right. Okay. So I think I've kind of started talking about this. I've got my zucchini grated and draining over a bowl with my onion grated into it because I'm lazy slash trying to help my hands. I've measured out my flour and I've cut some onions in half for my tomato sauce. <laughs> I did something else and measured out my tomatoes. Nice thing about this sauce is it's like put everything in the pan and cook. <laughs> it's like- yeah, exactly. We've already mentioned the ingredients for the most part. It is very, very simple, but I'm going to break it out just a little bit more. For this sauce, we're using two pounds of fresh ripe tomatoes or two cups of canned tomatoes. I'm actually using crushed tomatoes. I prefer those. You're doing fresh tomatoes, right? Nope. Because my fresh tomatoes, I decided to use a freezing method to try and prepare them and then forgot about the fact that they would have to defrost before I could put them through the food milk. (laughs) So I'm using canned today. Okay, two cups canned tomatoes and then five tablespoons of butter, one medium onion peeled and cut in half. That's it. That's all you have to do. Peel it, cut in half and then salt to taste. We're going to throw everything in a pan and cook uncovered at a steady simmer until thickened and the fat floats free from the tomato. I believe it said about 45 minutes was what we were looking for. While that cooking is happening, you're mashing your tomatoes, but Becca's are already crushed, so she doesn't have to worry about that nonsense. So I will mash mine a little bit, but I do like a chunky sauce, so I I won't be doing a lot of mashing. Minimal. You're a mashing minimalist today. Today. Just today, though. It's not there. And then salt to your preference, right? Salt to your preference. Yes. I forgot the most important part. Taste your shit and see how salty (laughs) it is. (laughs) Taste your sauce. Maybe I should say taste your sauce and see how saucy it is. See how saucy your sauce is. Check your sauciness level first on your sauce. your sauciness level here? Is it a low sauciness level or is it a high sauciness level? I think today we're on the high sauciness level. I don't know what scale are you using. All right. So I'm going to go throw <laughs> everything in my pan. Two, two cups. I'm going to throw my rind in here. There go my shallots, which I'm using in place of sweet onion, just because I had shallots I needed to use. Doing this on a little, one of the smaller burners at the back. May have to move it to the smaller burner if I can't get my steady simmer going at a proper level. Did you drain your ricotta? Uh, oh, shit. No, I didn't. Guess I should do at least drain it a little bit. I didn't either. It's just been a measure in a measuring cup and I looked over and I was like, oh, fuck, that's a lot of liquid. <laughs> and then I drained it a little. <laughs> yes. Anytime you can say to yourself, hmm, that's a fuckload of liquid, you should probably <laughs> drain your thing. That's it for the sauce. Should I... Set a timer for 45 minutes? Sure. Okay. Okay, pasta. I'm going to need you to talk me through all of this. I, I have an idea in my mind. Obviously, we've done this in the past. 
but if you could give me an overview of what we're doing with our flour and eggs today, which is all we're using for this, right? Just flour right. and eggs. Right. So I am going to start in a bowl just because I know how much of a mess this can make. How big of a bowl? I'm actually using a very stupidly small bowl. Uh, okay. to make a, not to make a point. I really did this on accident. And now I'm like, well, I don't want to change bowls because I don't want to make any more dishes. Uh-huh. I will probably <laughs> regret this later. So I've got my flour in the bowl. I've made a little well in the center. That was one and a half cups of flour. Yes. <laughs> I'm actually doubling my dough as per the usual. Oh, okay. I was like, your bowl <laughs> looks really big to have that flour. <laughs> okay. And then I'm going to crack my eggs. I'm actually cracking them into a separate bowl just so that I can make sure I don't get any shell. Okay. So one and a half cups of all purpose flour in a bowl with mm-hmm. a little well created in the center. So that's right. basically just like digging out a hole to the bottom of the bowl. And it doesn't even have to go all the way to the bottom because you're going to be working that egg in a little bit at a time. So Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily want it to get into the bottom of the bowl. If that makes any sense whatsoever, probably not. Sure. Well, so leave a little layer of flour in the very bottom. At the bottom. Yes. Got it. And then two eggs, two whole eggs. eggs. And you said you're doing those in a separate bowl. So, so am I. Are you mixing your eggs together or what are you going to drop them in one at a time? I put them in, I put them all into the well that I made. Oh, so you put both of them in the well? Yes. Well, I say all because I have four eggs because I'm doubling mine. Okay. Right. Okay. Got it. (laughs) Into my three cups of flour. I am using a fork to mix it together just to break it in because you can use your fingers and I definitely have done that before, but I do tend to prefer to at this stage, just use a fork to get the dough to start coming together first because mm-hmm. it does make it a little less messy later when I when you go to knead it so I'm just sort of bringing a little bit of flour in at a time and kind of running the the fork around the edges bringing it in bringing it in bringing it in bringing it in <laughs> and when you say bringing it in do you mean you're sprinkling it on top of those eggs and then kind of mixing the eggs up yeah. together with that flour uh yes Yes, that's essentially what I'm doing. Okay. I'm just like kind of bringing the fork in and kind of, you know, lifting through the center here and just sort of bringing a little bit of flour in at a time while mixing the egg. Okay, got it. So to describe this, yeah, just I thought it was like a sprinkling of of flour, but you're doing a little bit more than that at a time. It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit more of a stir. Okay. And it is sort of falling out of my bowl. So I'm, yes, regretting the size of this bowl. <laughs> As predicted. <laughs> As predicted. So vessel size is important for what you're doing at all times. I think my problem in the past has been moisture. So I'm curious to see how it will be here with just the eggs and flour. Well, I'm hoping it works out better this time. Mm-hmm. Was the other time we did pasta earlier this year? Like during a damp time of year? Or was that the third time we made pasta? (laughs) Well, let's see. We did, last summer we made our first pasta and it didn't go well. And then we made Monty in January. And that went better, right? But That went better. Yeah, that went fine. And then we made Cacio e Pepe. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. 
And that I thought was great. And then they, the noodles, like welded themselves together. I could not separate them. Still a little too much moisture in the air. <laughs> I'm using my hands at this point. It's very yes. dry. Yes. Okay. Yeah, mine's, mine's pretty dry, but I have a feeling it's going to come together. And I'm about to dump it out on the counter because I'm getting to that point where it's not going to be quite as messy. There's a lot of flour that's not at all connected to the rest of the dough for me. Now, I think in the in the recipe, it said that was fine. Like you can use it when you're rolling the pasta later. I would just keep kneading for another minute. In the bowl? Yeah. Okay. Because I think we're looking at kind of a similar amount. Yeah, I'm definitely, so mine's stiffening up some. You'll feel it start uh-huh. to stiffen. And uh-huh. that's the point where I'm going to, Um, sort of run my hands under some water and then start kneading again because I'm gonna like Ah. that way you can add water really slowly and just like get the right amount this is partially that's partially because you don't want to add too much water you have the opposite problem (laughs) yeah can you walk us through this a little bit more so we're gonna knead it a little bit until it's at what state so it's gonna be sort of elasticy and fairly smooth like one full like one solid piece So mine's still pretty shaggy. Mine's not combined at all. Okay. So you might need a little more water on your hands. Okay. I might have to go with a little more water on my hands because it's pretty stiff. It's all the wildfire smoke this time. It's making everything really dry. (laughs) Awful. And we're kneading and kneading and kneading and kneading. (laughs) Yeah, mine's still pretty shaggy. I finally took mine out of the bowl. Oh. <laughs> there was just... No, no, stop. Wait, I have to tell you what I think I thought you said for a second there. Because oh, okay. it's really funny. I thought you said, I took my nut of the bowl. <laughs> nut. The nut of the bowl. bowl. I took my nut B-U-L-L. of the bowl. B-U-L-L. I was oh, like, I took my nut out of the bowl. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second. <laughs> what is happening today? So, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So now you are also out of the bowl. <laughs> yes. Mine's pretty dry. And some more kneading. So, mine's not completely smooth, but it's definitely kind of getting there. Okay. And so I'm going to let mine rest. I think it's interesting. There's no salt in it. And we did use water. And I don't remember it saying that as an ingredient. Well, we were only using water because dry. Oh, okay. Because the dough was dry. I don't think he mentioned that in the recipe. And how long are we going to let this rest? 30 minutes. Covered, uncovered? Covered. You can wrap it in plastic wrap or just put it into a container. I don't know. Give my sauce a stir here and do a little mashing. Probably should have gone the crushed tomatoes route myself. I love the crushed. Mine's simmering a lot, so I'm going to turn it down a bit. So next, we're going to get into our filling. Going to get into our fillings. <laughs> and I pour my veggie juice out of my bowl. And turn on my saute pan. Somewhere around medium. Okay, somewhere around medium. Maybe a high side of medium. We're on to the filling. As Gretchen said, we're using zucchini instead of the Swiss chard as recommended in the recipe or as printed. This is two pounds of Swiss chard. 
which probably would have cooked down to about what you put as like one to two zucchinis. You mean like as far as equivalent volume? Yeah. Well, I actually put one to two pounds of zucchini because yes, I feel like they'd be roughly equivalent. Because of so much moisture drainage from both. Right. (laughs) Got it. Okay. So two pounds of, of your veggie, kosher salt, four tablespoons, which is a half a stick of unsalted butter cut into pieces. I need to do this. One fourth cup of finely chopped yellow onion, two ounces of prosciutto, finely diced. I'm not using prosciutto. Gretchen's using prosciutto in half of hers, but she's doubling. So she's using the full amount of prosciutto just in one of one version. One cup of ricotta. This says whole milk. Gretchen accidentally has low fat. We'll see how it goes. Gretchen's going to cry later. Yeah. More cheese, other cheese. More cheese. Yeah. I'm going to add extra and other cheese. So extra and other. (laughs) And then one half cup of finely grated Parmesan Reggiano cheese. And then a little more for serving. And as Gretchen said, she's doing both Parmesan and Telegio. Nope. Right. No. What was the other one you doing? Oh, Pecorino. Pecorino. And then one eighth teaspoon of freshly grated nutmeg. What's the nutmeg status? I don't feel like I'm going to find it. Where are you? Where are you, nutmeg? (laughs) Why have you forsaken me? Come to her, nutmeg. Come to her in her hour of need. And then egg yolks is the last thing. (laughs) Right. One large egg yolk. And can you talk us through then what the steps will be overview of the filling? We grated our zucchini and maybe our onion, depending on what you did. Minced. You minced it? Yeah. Mm. My grater... I don't have a good grater for an onion. It just mushes it and it's stupid. So I just minced it. <laughs> so I'm going to, but you mixed your onion in with your zucchini, right? Or yes. no? Okay. I did. So mix those together. Then we're going to saute them in some butter. Then we're going to put it in back, back in the strainer to drain and cool. Once it's cool, we'll mix it with the ricotta and the other cheeses or cheese, salt and pepper, nutmeg egg yolks all together in one bowl, one big happy family. And then we're going to let that sit until we've rolled out our pasta. Did you already put yours in or are you just stirring your tomato sauce? I put mine in. Oh, great. I thought okay. you put yours in. Okay. Nope. I was waiting till I, cause I thought you weren't ready, but here I go. Well, that's like the first time <laughs> I've been ahead of you. <laughs> I did want to cook my onion just a little bit more too. So okay. that's probably a good thing. All the butter goes in with it? Yes. All the butter. It gets mm. all the butter. This dish has a lot of butter. Salt here? Yes. You can put salt in yes. here because it'll just help draw out the moisture. So I actually salted mine a little bit already. Oh, I, nice. Right after I grated it to help draw out some of the moisture. That's, that makes sense. Is yours turning a kind of pale color? Or I uh, guess what color zucchini did you have to start? I had green. Okay. I think it's getting more vibrant, but yeah, the color is pretty light because the interior is such a light green that the and skin doesn't the butter. add much pigment. Curious. Just, I should have, ah, I didn't weigh my zucchini to start with. Mm. To start it, got a starting weight. See what I end up with. How much moisture was removed. Mm-hmm. That's a fun Gretchenist experiment. Wish I thought Next of that. Time. Next yeah. time. And okay. So what are we looking for here? Do we, we're still going to drain it again. So we don't, we, we don't want have as to much cook moisture it. removed as possible, but allowing for that, that some moisture will still drain. Right. 
So mine is starting to dry out a fair amount. Aren't we then just draining out the butter? Not necessarily. Okay. But I wish I'd thought of that before now, because then I would have like maybe just softened the butter to room temperature and mixed it in with the filling. After this is done, you mean? Keep Mm -hmm. it as a separate step. Because I am using a nonstick pan. And for the most part, the butter is adding is like your fat to coat your veggies. So I've got kind of a mushy... I may may not want to grate it quite so fine next time. I thought that was a great idea. I mean, it's not exactly like if we were doing this with a green or a spinach that the structural integrity would be paramount. But I might have wanted just a little bit more structure. It's too mushy. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. It is like I'm. You can still see some good fibers in there. I'm nervous because this is a this whole thing is basically a mad Gretchenist experiment. So totally. <laughs> I know I I'm using a nonstick pan too. And I think just because it didn't have as much zucchini, I probably shouldn't have used the full amount of butter. And I don't, I mean, I guess it's fine to drain that out, but I don't want to lose that butter, but it looks pretty oily. You know, and I don't know how much moisture will actually come out as part of it. I'd rather my filling be a little too dry than too Mm -hmm. wet. Cause that too wet is a disaster. Got it. Waiting to happen. Even if it's butter. What, yeah, even if it's butter, because butter does actually have water in it. Right. Mine's a big mush pile, too. I mean, I sort of knew that was going to happen. We are talking about yeah. cooking this down. And it is sort of the point because you want to make sure that you can make a smaller amount of filling. Mm-hmm. And no Parmesan goes in now, right? That's later. That's later. You want to at least let it cool down some. So I think mine's cooked enough. I'm going to take it out of the pan and put it back in the, in the strainer. Strainer. I'm going to let mine cool for just a minute before I put it in my strainer. Um, my zucchini is not very cool. I just stirred it a little bit because it's still pretty warm. <laughs> I'm getting out a sheet pan and putting some parchment on it to put my finished raviolis on. Okay. See if I have any semolina flour. I think that was something we also were like, oh, we need to make sure you get that this time. And I totally forgot. I did too until you just said that. Our sauce is still going. Mm -hmm. Our filling is cooling. Our dough has been resting for how long would you say now? Oh, at least half an hour. At least half an hour. And I'm, you've got a sheet pan out. I'm getting one out right now lined with parchment paper. And you said that's to let your pasta dry or. Well, it's to keep the pasta from sticking to your pan, but so it just sort of helps keep the, it's got a larger grain than flour. So it doesn't stick like and get integrated into the pasta quite as easily. So you're not ending up with like a gummy spot. Wait, sorry. So why the sheet pan? Just to lay them out because you can't stack them on top of one another. Got it. And then the parchment is to help with them, it not sticking to the pan. Right. Okay. As as well as the sprinkling of semolina I just put on there. So should I put some all-purpose flour on it? Yes, you should. Okay, then one second. What's going on with your dough, Gretchen? So I'm looking at it. All right. It looks like it's rested some. Might still be a a titch on the dry side. So my gluten is stretching nicely. It's smoothing out really quick. I'm just doing a little bit of another knead on this to strengthen that gluten. So you put your dough back on the, is it on the sheet pan? No, I'm I'm on the counter, just uh, on the counter kneading it. Oh, okay. And there's flour on that? Uh, Not right now because my dough is pretty dry. Okay, got it. So I'm just kneading it straight on the counter. And then what final texture are we looking for here? Uh, Stiff but smooth. So 
Mine's mine's pretty much there. Sort of looks like you might have the right texture too from your body. <laughs> Does it, it feel pretty kinda... stiff? Like yeah, good. I think that's good because it's gonna okay. you're gonna need it some more when you put it through the pasta machine. Got it. So cut. I would maybe cut this into quarters. So have you made any type of filled pasta before? Monty. Oh God, we gotta make our filling. We gotta mix it. We were supposed to talk about ricotta. Oh shit. Okay, so I'm putting mine back in the bowl to rest a little more. So let's talk about ricotta. <laughs> Gretchen's did you knows? There are actually two types. There's fresh ricotta. This is the soft cheese ricotta. And then there's ricotta salata, which is hard aged ricotta. Ricotta salata is sort of like Parmesan, really. Like that's very, it's more, it's actually crumbly more than like great. You don't grate it as often. It's more like crumbled over stuff, but kind of a fatter grain. So you can make your own ricotta at home. All you need is some whole milk and some sort of agent to add to the milk that will make it coagulate. You can use rennet, which is the stuff from the lining of young cow's stomachs, which you can buy at most grocery stores, actually. They sell huh. like a, I think that might be also an artificially produced rennet, but acid works too. So if you're just doing it at home and you're like just trying to make a quick batch for you know, with a gallon of milk, you just have lying around at <laughs> home. You add your acid you some- to it. So you add your acid to that milk, let it sit and stir it together. And what will happen is your, the curds, the proteins will start to coagulate together and precipitate out of the liquid water part of the milk, which is the solid part is your curds. And then the liquid part is your whey. So whenever you're hearing about whey, that lick that's the liquid part of that they separate out of milk to make cheese. You can do whatever you want with the whey. You can drink it, dry it into powder, whatever, like, because they make a lot of whey powder, powder shit. Using either like a flour sack type towel or cheesecloth, if you've got cheesecloth just hanging around like I do, you can then put the more solidy parts into that and let it drain a little bit more. And that's how you get fresh cheese. So fromage blanc is basically the French version of ricotta. Like it's a pretty common thing. People made it all the time. So lots of regional varieties. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Um, So I think my zucchini is cooled enough where I can add the cheese without being concerned. Okay. I've got, had a fair amount of drainage. Zucchini is still kind of wet. Mm. Like I, I could have gotten it drier. Like I'm wondering, I'm wondering if I even really needed to go through the cooking step, if I should have just left it raw because it would cook in the, in the pasta when it was boiling, but we've done it this way now. So on we go. Here we are. Have we, we fully gone over the rest of the ingredients, right? For the filling. We read the ingredients. Yes. I think it would be a good reminder right now, if you could say what's already in here and what's remaining to go in the filling. All right, so we've got my onions and zucchini sauteed together. I've put that into the bowl now, taken it out of the strainer, put it into the bowl. And butter. It does have butter on it. <laughs> Next, I'm going to add my ricotta and my Parmesan pecorino mix of cheeses to this and season with salt and pepper. Mix it together really well. Then add, if I'd been able to find my nutmeg, I would have added my nutmeg and also <laughs> then add my egg yolk. And okay. salt, 
salt and pepper if I didn't say that already. But so now I'm mixing together. There's just the cheese so far. I mean, it's not the end of the world if you've thrown everything else in there. But I've only done my ricotta. I'm adding my Parmesan now. Okay. Oh, yep. Then adding that cheese just cooled it right down. I'm going to add more. Oh, what a surprise. I'm going to use all the cheese. Shocking. (laughs) Mine's pretty binded. And I'm wondering what happens if I don't do an egg yolk right now. I don't know. I think you'd be fine. Can I show it to you? Sure. Yeah, that looks about right. Pretty. It looks pretty good. I am going to add. All right. So I need salt and pepper. Mixing, 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 mixing. My filling is a little on the damp side, so I'm slightly nervous about this. But the fact that my dough is on the drier side might make up for it. A fine balance at the end. Yes. So I am getting ready to do my initial rollout. Like I always say, we weren't going to record during the dough making, but that went pretty well this time. I don't know. Are you going to flour your pasta roller first, your pasta machine? I, yeah, I'm going to okay. do a little bit of a flour on that. Yeah, I don't I don't even know if my I'm going to need to have floured the, my dough that, as stiff as it is. Of course, that could also bite me in the ass. How's it going? It's okay. It got a little crumpled. And how, how thin do we want to go? I'm going to go... Probably to seven on mine. What is your settings like again? I forget. Okay, so it's six to one and six is the biggest. So I'd probably go to a two for for you, maybe. Okay. Would have been a really good idea to go back and review the other episode now. So I remember what (laughs) we did. But no, I didn't have time. Yeah, what? Go back and review old episodes. (laughs) What that there was time. And remind me about how many times you want it to go through on one setting before you switch to another. Maybe two. Really, I might stop at six, which I think should correspond with your two. <laughs> okay. It's getting kind of thinnish. Like I can see the color of my hand through the pasta. So I don't think I want to go okay. much thinner than that. Mm-hmm. Yours is much longer than mine. Remember, I doubled. So oh. a quarter of mine is like half of yours. Oh, because you still quartered your double amount. So I cut my my thing in half and I really should have cut it in like actual half. So I've got one that's slightly longer than the other. What I'm going to end up doing is making squares. And so I'm going to just take the second part and flip it up over on top of the first half. I'm going to put my filling on this side and then pull this one up over the top of the fillings and then seal them together. So you'll... Put your filling on the lower half and then put the top half on top of the lower half. <laughs> yes. And then cut it into the ravioli into squares. squares. Yes. Okay. So I need to roll out my second You're gonna layer. Do a second seat piece. Yeah. Yeah. Got to put my pasta machine back to the big setting. Really? I have no idea how much extra like filling I've made here. <laughs> like I, I just made like unknown quantity of filling. So who knows if this will even accomplish, like if even this is enough pasta for what I've got made here. I'm not sure. We'll find out. Have I forced you to get portion scoop yet? No, but um, I know it's it, on the list. I'll send it to you <laughs> as your housewarming gift when you get okay. to Vegas. Woo. So I am about to execute my flip. Woo. Oh, you're fast. Portion scoops, baby. Portion scoops. <laughs> so rolling out my second layer. Yes, it helps when I've got I've managed to accomplish the rolling part. Where this is when the conveyor belt style uh, kneading really shows shows what it can do. So I am trying to make sure that I go around as closely to the filling. I'm sort of pushing the filling down to make it a little bit a, lo- a lower mound. Okay. And trying to make sure that I'm getting, you know, pressing out any air bubbles that might be under there. 
just want to make sure try and get any air bubbles out as much as possible and then kind of press from close to the filling to the outer edges how much filling is going in here i, think I know you a, have a portion scoop but it's about a tablespoon i think what i'm, I'm about it in here maybe a maybe a, slightly more than a tablespoon because the way they do portion scoops is by ounces usually i believe mm. they have like some weird numbering system to them <laughs> that i forget how it works how like many like, did you get per sheet I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So I got 14 out of this first roll. Okay. okay. And you can make, you know, ravioli can be really any size. We used to, at one of the places I worked, made a raviolo, which was basically just an enormous stuff pasta. Mm. So that is also an option. Yeah, mine are going to be big. I end up, I always accidentally make big stuff. Well, maybe I'll do a little more filling here. <laughs> but you said to flatten it a little bit before you flip? No, after. I usually oh, flip after. the thing over and then, yeah. And then I sort of like tap down the top of it a little bit ah, just okay. to spread it out. I might have a bit of a challenge cutting between the mounds of filling. <laughs> and then I'm just going to do another, once I've cut out my square, I'm gonna push the dough together a little bit more. And then trim down the edges a little bit just to make it a little prettier. Make it sort of symmetrical. Save my little dough scraps and see if I can get some extra dough out of this. We end up having to do this for quite a while this evening. <laughs> May have to make more pasta. Oops. Or or the filling's going in the freezer for later. <laughs> we'll see. There you go. Yeah. And what are you using to cut? I'm just using a steak knife. The smarter thing would be to get my pizza cutter out and cut with that. <laughs> Oh, oh! should I get my water boiling? Oh yeah, you can. Salted? Especially since our dough has zero salt in it. You definitely, definitely want to make sure there's salt in it. I'm cutting my first batch. It's only five. Oop, they're big guys. Definitely going for the raviolo. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's acceptable. Okay, not a problem. Got it. And then I'll roll out my next two. Yep. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go get my pizza cutter too. You made it look so easy when you did it like that. It's like, what am I oh, doing? Yeah. Why am I being the pizza, silly? Pizza cutters are so fun. It's like any <laughs> excuse to use a pizza cutter. Mildly concerned right now. About? my my the, This particular one I'm pressing together right now, the dough is starting to come apart. So I'm like, uh-oh. A little nervous about structural integrity here. <laughs> <laughs> my next two are bigger than my first two <laughs> thrilling update over here <laughs> so consistency might be something you'll be working on with your pasta at some point uh-huh i don't know how to quarter apparently oh you just mean like you're, i'm sorry i was thinking ravioli the ravioli size was different but you're talking about the actual like, uh, dough, like yeah yeah mine are starting to stick to the counter a little bit since the moisture from the filling is kind of seeping into the dough some so I'm just peeling them off and flipping them over onto the top side got it oh no <laughs> that one might have a weak spot and how long will they boil maybe three four minutes total how what's the <laughs> I don't really know how to describe this but what's the type what's the boil type is it like a light boil or a more like rapid boil like do you want a lot of foam or no, uh, well, no, I guess I would go for more of a gentle boil than a rapid boil. Okay. So ideally, when you're pushing these together, you're sort of trying to make the dough become one piece around the outside of the filling. 
So you're really okay. trying to get these two pieces of dough to be like one piece of dough. I see. I have a theory that if you push them together and then cut, it makes it better, but I, I can't prove this. <laughs> I see. Well, I've got quite a bit of dough around my filling, so I'm just kind of like really pushing it together. Mine are massive. I'm on my last notch here of this dough, and this is my last quarter. All right. Oh, wow. Go, go you. Yeah. So when you don't do things in bulk, it doesn't take 8 million hours. Huh. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Weird. I just finished my first two bits. So <laughs> or my first, my first quarter of rolling. I just finished the. Wow. Really? Yeah. Whoa. But you'd already rolled out a bunch and done. Oh, yeah. but you just finished that full quarter. Right. Pressing and. Wow. And, yeah. When you make them smaller, it definitely. Yeah, that takes, <laughs> it takes longer. That. Yeah, I can see that for sure. <laughs> so how are you feeling about this attempt at pasta dough? Better so far, but I don't know how to, I mean, they're gigantic and I'm not sure how they're going to taste. So did you taste your filling? Yeah, I mean, the filling's really good. Okay. <laughs> well, then it's not going to totally suck. Yeah, I don't think it'll totally suck. How's it going with you? Well, I'm just portioning out my next round to fill. So it's going to be a while for me. <laughs> I don't think I need to keep you all here since I feel like you're pretty much done. So right. I guess we will just finish up on our own and check back in Later. after we're, we've eaten it. We've yes. enjoyed it all. I think this seems like a good, good idea. So I was all like, right then. so let's call it. Let's call it a day. <laughs> Transition music, transition music. Gretchen singing, Gretchen singing. Rolling, 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 rolling at the dough. It's gonna make some raviolis. That's terrible. That was so That's wonderful. I, that, I love that. That was amazing. I'm so proud of you. We're time traveling again. We've just hit record in the future. <laughs> and I've had time to do ravioli again since the last recording. My ravioli turned out fantastic, as usual. I did like my first batch a little bit more than my second batch, only because I added the Pecorino Romano to that first batch, which I got to say, I'm on a real Pecorino kick right now. I like that really sharp note to it. And Unfortunately, I tried to give some to Sarah and we can conclude that they do not travel well because she ended up with a giant mass of ravioli mess (laughs) that she did eat and said was delicious, but delicious mess. If you've taken them out of the freezer, you better be putting them right in the pot. So I will know that for the future is to go ravioli, especially if it's been frozen, really, really rough. Real mess. So delicious, no matter what, no matter how they traveled or not still delicious mine were delicious also and you'll remember they were massive which was great and made it hard to eat more than a couple so (laughs) my big giant like almost plate sized ravioli were really good (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) I didn't use egg you didn't use egg either to seal Mm -mm. and it worked great it was awesome I'm so glad I didn't use it so Water works perfectly well. 
you know, it's really more of the making sure you've really pushed the dough together. So it makes a kind of a, a cohesive piece all the way around. You got to get that, that good press on the edges. But also your huge raviolis really did me in because I was jealous of how fast you were done. And I was just, <laughs> I made ravioli for a while after we <laughs> stopped talking. So, oh, oh no. And you made a double batch. And I made a double batch. So <laughs> I actually had to stop at a certain point and save some for the next day because I just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I bet that was a lot. I was. I felt like it was a lot and I only did like eight. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was more than that, but yeah. Unfortunately. (laughs) So pretty easy though. Really delicious. Loved it. I would eat, I would make each component of that again and I would make it all together again for sure. Excellent. I was going to say hat tip to the Hazan family. (laughs) Right? No kidding. (laughs) Now that we we've learned all about them as well. Did we talk about my cooking experience at the, the Airbnb we stayed at? Did I tell, talk to you about this at all? Mm-mm. I went into this Airbnb thinking a family lives here. They'll have some cooking equipment, you know, maybe not everything, but I expected a certain level of things, but I was dumb because I really should have brought like my hand mixer with me. But some reason I didn't, I also brought four boxes of shit with me to this weekend. I think at a certain point I was like, I just can't bring any more stuff. Like I have to just, like maybe I don't need the hand mixer. (laughs) Next time I will bring the hand mixer. (laughs) You should not have to take my box. I was like, I was like, they're going to think I'm insane because I have four boxes of stuff. I mean, part of it was food. So it's not like all of it was equipment, but it was definitely like four boxes of equipment and food. And a laundry basket. I mean, one of my boxes was a laundry basket. So okay, okay. And you were feeding four people yeah. for a weekend, so yes. that makes sense. That's reasonable. I, I mean, I brought my pasta machine because I was like, <laughs> "That's an unreasonable ask for a rando," you know. Come to find out, I'm pretty sure they're they're selling this house. I think it was for sale, but they just like they're like, "Our family lives here," so that you're nicer to it because there's a bunch of stuff of like <laughs> like sit like real estate stuff in the room I was staying in. It was very clean and there was no fucking salt in the house. You're like, nobody lives here. Nobody no. lives here. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Now I did look out. There was some Lori seasoning salt in the cupboard because of course I, at least when I got there on Friday, I kind of went, okay, I, I forgot this, 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 and this. Okay. I'll go to the store in the morning, pick up the last of the things that we need and it'll be fine. Can I just say real quick, I fucking love Lowry seasoning salt. I'm not knocking Lowry's. You do not really want to be working with only Lowry seasoning salt for three, four meals. Okay. Totally. Totally. Not But I just got excited when you said it. I'm not knocking it in any way, but it's just not always the right kind of salt, you know? So I, there's a huge thing of pepper in the cupboard. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I mean, it was fine, but making French fries and putting Lori seasoning salts, not ideal. So just, (laughs) I hobbled through the weekend and I was like, it was, I was so disappointed in like the quality of my food. But again, when you don't have the right equipment, 
it makes it hard even for professionals. Like, yeah, there are some chefs that are super hacky and they can just like cook wherever the fuck they are with whatever the fuck they got. Of course, I'm always harder on my cooking than anybody else's, I think, because I'm like, no, this isn't the vision I had. Did you make patatas bravas? How did they come out? I swore to God that when we did the French fries, the patatas bravas, sorry, we put baking soda in the water. We did. Okay. What recipe did we use then? Because I thought Mm. we could use Kenji Lopez's and it was vinegar. Okay. It's vinegar. So I, but I thought it was baking soda and I was so sure it was baking (laughs) soda. So I bring baking soda with me and there's no vinegar. Luckily they did have red wine vinegar, but they did not have the distilled white wine vinegar that I should have had. So the fries are also slightly disappointing. Were they purple? <laughs> no, they were not purple. <laughs> Just disappointing. <laughs> oh, and, and I mean, fries are fries. They were not the shine, like they were not the patatas bravas that we made in the podcast. I can't fucking believe I got that far. I was so convinced. Like mm-hmm. I was so convinced. And I, you were too. So yeah, that's funny. Ah, never trust your memory. (laughs) No. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Off we go. Off we go. Do you have coconuts?